couple quick retractions from episode four. It's actually Fenrir Recovery and Orchard Forge. Sorry guys, I was a little bit anxious to get the new episode up. I am new to this, learning as I go, and bear with me. I'll make retractions when I need to, but hopefully they will be few and far between. Welcome to episode 5 of the Dead Serial Podcast. I'm your host, LJ, and on tonight's podcast, I sit down with a daring old friend, Sean McClarity. He's a Salt Lake City native. He's worked on a few different music projects here in Salt Lake City, Clear, Hammergun, Iodina, The Invaders. But real quick, I'd like to give a shout out to Dustin at Black Magic Gunworks. He is an FFL custom gunsmith. He's a wizard at his craft. Guy is a genius. Please check him out. You can find him on YouTube at Black Magic Gumworks. You can follow him on Instagram at Black Magic Gumworks. One word. All right, I'm sitting here with Sean. And what's up, man? How are you? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on. <laughs> I'm yeah. still kind of learning. So it's a little interesting, but yeah. I think I talked to you a long time ago, a couple seasons ago, at a Real Salt Lake match about being on my podcast and. I finally got off my ass and started a podcast, so you were one of the first on my kill list, so to speak. <laughs> and I appreciate you coming over, bringing some Fisher beer. It is absolutely delicious. I know, that's so good. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. No, thanks uh, Thanks for having me. I remember talking about that a while ago, and it's rad you got it up and going, and I've been listening to the episodes, and the guests you've had have been, been awesome. It's just fun listening to you kind of... What do you say? Like, talk about everything and nothing? Yeah, everything to nothing. <laughs> everything to nothing. Which seems yeah. like a fair assessment. There's no format or script. We're just kind of bullshitting, and sometimes it's tricky, but most of the time it's been way fun. Yeah, well, it's awesome to drink, <laughs> drink a couple beers and and uh, see where the conversation goes. So I've known you almost half my life, I think, since I was a 14 or 15-year-old kid. And uh, from... Knowing you back then to still knowing you today is awesome, but I don't really know what, what are you up to? What are you doing? Yeah, that's, that's pretty <laughs> wild when you think about it like that. Yeah, life is life is kind of like that in terms of just, you know, I, I remember kind of thinking like 10 years seemed like a long time, and now now it's like 20 years is, you know, you, you think back 20 years, and that doesn't even seem like that long ago anymore. No, and, it doesn't. And I kind of like lose track of the years now that we're in 2018. I think about it sometimes. I'm like 2018, like wasn't it just like the year 2000? You know, like 96 or 94. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's crazy. Like just the years kind of just blend, and um, I think a lot of that has to do with pop culture and technology, and you know. But uh, when I was a kid, like to, I think the decades were really easy to kind of section off, you know, they were all really like... Yeah, we had this, the 50s, the 60s, 70s, the 40s, yeah, even every, like the 1920s and... Yeah, every exactly, everything was very, like you can tell, the style, the cars, <laughs> the music, the everything in culture was different and very defined in every decade and I think we've sort of lost that after, in the modern age, I think 
I think technology is a big part of it, you know, and just being able to access so much information, information like music, for example, like yeah. we can, we can put our hand in our pocket and pull out our little computers and, and listen <laughs> to anything we want at any time. You couldn't do that, you know, when, even when I was a kid or when you were a kid and, and I, I remember thinking music and things like in my parents' generation was so old, you know, I mean, I liked it, but it was, it seemed, but it seemed, was, so, seemed old. so long ago. Yeah. And now my son listens to everything and he's grown up listening to everything. And I'll talk to him about music and talk to him about the, you know, does it seem old to you or whatever? And he'll listen to all the new stuff, whatever he's listening to. You know, he likes independent, like kind of electronic music and nice. pop and stuff like that. But then he also likes old rock and roll and everything in between. And he'll listen to like Nirvana or something. And, you know, like it still sounds fresh and current to him. It doesn't sound old, but, but you know. If I was thinking about music when I was 13, my son's age, and thinking about music that was 30 years old, you know, 25, 30 years old, like that was a long time when yeah. I was that age, you know? I think when we were younger, we'd listen to Johnny Cash and we had an appreciation for how long ago that was. We, we understood that, now this is a record, you know, like Folsom Prison Blues from the 60s. Yeah. And we had that depth of time and how long ago that was where... Today everything's so accessible. Maybe it seems like it's almost current. <laughs> yeah, 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 and it's yeah. A lot of it has stayed fresh and and stayed current and relevant. And I think that's also partly why all these bands are still touring and you know getting back together and old bands doing rec you know, new records. Yeah. haven't done records a long time and um, you know still are able to have a a presence and people still care because. You know, people can still access their music and easily, and they sell merch, and it's easy to sell merch on the internet, and and, and all these bands like continue to stay current. You know, and been around for a long time. You didn't see that as much when we were growing up. No, merch was a merch table in the yeah. back of the venue, with somebody who busted their ass to make T-shirts and haul them to the show from whatever city they came from and sell them to us. Right, and that was your best opportunity to get a t-shirt from a band was to a bitch in new hoodie see him exactly see always him. been a whore for, for <laughs> a good hoodie <laughs> man i used to sell them like crazy when i worked at Graywell. i'd bring in some, all the you know that was the other opportunity to get all these bands stuff you know is either go to a show or or you know get them at the local record yeah. store Gray we Royal, lucky to have, have good record stores here in salt lake with heavy metal shop and rock metal and, shop and Graywell was always good too and had a lot of fun back in the day, slinging hardcore music to <laughs> the hard way. All our buddies. <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. You, you were involved in a few different bands. I kind of mentioned them at the intro. What was your favorite project? Is oh, it easy to pick a favorite project? I mean, the one that's nearest and dearest to my heart, and um, you know, is really kind of the the one I'm probably the proud and like most proud of, although I'm proud of all of them is, is clear for sure. You know, it's still, it's stuck with me. It's been part of my life, you know, for 20, 23 years now, you know, <laughs> uh, we started this little band in 1995 teenager still, you know, I think I was, yeah. I think I was 18 or I was 14 19. years old. I think it was 15. The first time I saw a clear show. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's pretty wild. Yeah, I mean... So that's insane. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool, man, you know? And and to, you know, have it still 
I don't know, we, we, we just kind of started banging around making some songs and in John Lofgren's mom's basement nice. at Mayor's house three nights a week. <laughs> uh, man, three nights a week for like, I don't know how many years <laughs> in Mayor's basement just going and, I mean, can you imagine that? As uh, a, it's I like mean, a part-time what? job, dude. <laughs> well, but for her, you know, being like, having these people, like having these kids come into her house three times a week and play loud music for like hours it at a time. Been, it had to have been awesome though, like a second home almost. <laughs> oh man, it was so cool. We used to just hang out there and we were, Obviously friends with John and his sisters. Yep. Um, What's up, John Lofkin? Yeah, John. (laughs) uh, Shout out, John. But Jamie, you know, was a good friend, and as was Jesse, and uh, we all used to just kind of hang out there, and and Nick and Jesse dated for a long time, and Nick might have lived there for a while. Trev was always over hanging out. (laughs) What's Um, up, Trev? Yeah, what's up, Trev? (laughs) And Hondo. Hondo, the attack dog. She was our kind of our band mascot for a while. She's on the B side of the uh, the Sickness Must End seven inch. Oh damn! Wearing sunglasses. She was a boxer. <laughs> Such a cool dog. Man. I remember she, that, dude. She fucking ate a taser. <laughs> what? She ate a fucking taser. <laughs> she ate everything. One time she ate a taser. I think another time she ate like a fucking kitchen knife or some shit. Like she was just Good one Lord, of those crazy man. dogs, man. <laughs> but she went the distance, and uh, she was a cool dog. She was kind of my, she kind of, one of the reasons I fell in love with boxers and started raising boxers as I got older and started getting my dogs and, and stuff. And I, ha- I had three boxers over the years and she was kind of the one that introduced it me to it. Sparked it all. Yeah. So, but yeah, Clear was awesome, man. We had a lot of fun and did it. We, we were only active band for like five years and we thought, you know, it'd be cool if we ever had a chance to do a seven inch, you know, and then we'd had our first show and the kids were into it and we played with excessive force and Damn. and uh, it was excessive force <laughs> lifeless trip hammer um us and then a group called fail which was a pretty cool band it was i don't think uh, all the bands you mentioned except for was it fail 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 yeah i don't think i ever heard that band yeah that was um that was a cool band that was uh that was levi's levi's band nice with adam sherlock who has been in a ton of bands and super talented guy, super talented artist and musician. He, he works for Spy Hop now and does cool stuff with kids, like teaching them how to make music and make art and how to animate and cool stuff like that. He's That's just always great. been real creative. But he also sang in my, my band I did after Clear, Hammer Gun. He Hammer sang Gun. for that band. And, uh, and then Dan Whitesides played drums and Dan... Then played drums in the Kill, which was Jason Knott's band after Clear. I remember after that we were done. He played drums in that band. Then he played in New Transit Direction, and then he went off and became a rock star in <laughs> L.A. and plays drums for the U's now. He actually replaced Good for Brand- him. He actually replaced Brandon Steinecker. Nice. And, he uh, plays drums for Rancid now. He plays Avid Real Salt Lake supporter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So pretty cool the way that all worked out. But yeah, that was fail played and. Forget who else was in that band. It might have just been Adam, uh, Levi. Oh no, Sean Bone sang. Sean Bone sang for him. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time, and yeah. I hope he's doing well. Yeah, me too. I was like Sean. He was he was always a good dude to me and respectful, and yeah, he kind of fell off the radar, bummed me out. Yeah, yeah. Me one too. of those kids I looked up to, just like you. I mean, yeah. I'm little John. I came into the scene as a tiny kid. I was on the cusp of lifeless, and then everything with Alex happened, and. Mm-hmm. 
I got to meet Alex and hang out with him, and that's awesome. But I never really, I mean, maybe saw Lifeless once or twice. So Clear was that filler for me coming into the scene at that age, at that time. And mm -hmm. the first time I went out of state for a show was with you guys because you were playing the showcase. And God bless my mom for some reason, thinking that it was a good idea to just let me go. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, shit, shit worked out okay for you. Yeah, you're yeah. you're a pretty upstanding <laughs> citizen. Yeah, we all have our faults, but I try. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you've done well for yourself, and I mean, Thank shit, man, it's hardcore, and we had a good time. That's how we grew up, you know. Yeah, like, it was fun. Fuck, I, I think a lot the of golden the, days. <laughs> man, well, and it's weird because now you think about how all those people have kind of evolved and the things they've gotten into, and so many kids involved in in hardcore. You know, grew up to do pretty interesting and things and rad shit. Yeah, art. They've become artists and musicians, and some of them have been, you know, have been able to make it in music and entertainment. Tattoo and artists, tattoo artists. Yeah, yeah, cool shit, man. And like, like animators and shit. You know, like video game makers. Like people do. <laughs> like people grown up to do that came from the hardcore scene to do really cool shit. You yeah. know, and there's a kind of a creative. It was a creative community always. Absolutely was. You know, for the bands, but also for the fans. For music, fanzines, and then obviously getting into tattoos. And, yeah. You know, whether it was a little bit of skating in there or graffiti, it was definitely a creative force in my life. Like, obviously for you as well. Yeah, no doubt, man. So, I, I, good times. <laughs> and I, I feel like people are kind of predisposed to be connected to each other, you know? Yeah. I think hardcore kids are connected. You know, it's a subculture, it's like any other subculture, and there's all these subcultures around that people get interested in, and they end up being pulled to. They, get, you, it doesn't, you, it, you don't seek it out. It kind of seeks you out. Yeah, you end draws up, you in. It draws you in, <laughs> right? You kind of just end up there. You, it's, you, you don't really know the draw. And some people kind of come and they cycle out. They realize it's not for them, and they go off and do something else. It's, but I think for the most part, people are are kind of predisposed to to go that route you know and to to be connected that way and it, it's partly what keeps us connected over time and yeah. interested in things you know as we evolve you know like back then it was you know some of the things we talked about music and and all of that and tattoos and you know and then there were you know as we start getting a little bit older you get a little bit more disposable income and things like guns and things start <laughs> firearms coming. motorcycles motorcycles trucks and trucks yeah <laughs> and it's still cool shit you yeah. know yeah hell yeah uh, so but uh and you know and so many people that are into like that kind of stuff like motorcycles and and like the stuff we talked about were were also you know in hardcore and punk yeah and some kind of you know counterculture culture counterculture know. well yeah. said and before that, it was like skateboarding, you know? It was like, yeah, fuck, man. I absolutely up, was for me. Yeah, I grew up skateboarding in, in the 80s, and, you know, I used to skate. It was with, the 90s for me. But. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm dating myself. I'm getting old. You know, I used to, used to not really be able to say, oh, you used to say, oh, it wasn't that long ago. Now I'm starting to get pretty old. Pretty, pretty we old all now. are. I'm not, that, I'm not that far behind you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was pretty wild, speaking of lifeless, you know? Like, when I was a kid growing up, Al Slack was one of the first dudes I met in seventh grade nice you know we we met in seventh grade he was actually the dude that that told me that you don't call someone up and ask them if they can go play he was like you know because <laughs> I was like 12 years old and still out calling my friends and ask them if they could go if they could play and he was the guy that taught me like no you don't you don't you don't say that you, you ask them if they can hang out you know yeah 
<laughs> he uh, taught me. He was the first person that taught me when I was moving in with Josh Anderson. And uh, we what's were up, over, Josh? Yeah, what's up, Josh? <laughs> we were over at Al's house, and it came up that I was moving out of my parents' house finally at 17. You know, mm-hmm. I was a ripe old age. And he's like, get get yourself one set of silverware, one pot, one pan, one plate, one bowl, and keep them all in your room. Clean them every time after you use them and keep them in your room because your roommates are going to suck. <laughs> Luckily for me, Josh didn't suck. Uh, but later in life, I had those roommates and that. I always kind of carried that with me in the back of my mind. It's like, this is mine. I didn't always do it, but I always thought about it. And there were a lot of times where I was like, fuck, should have just kept that in my room. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. It's life lessons. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty wild. I mean, that, you know, just thinking back, I, yeah, he was a good dude, man. We, we met. Absolutely. We, we met when I was, yeah, in seventh grade, 12 years old. He introduced me to suicidal tendencies. And, <laughs> You know, all kinds of bands like that, and we used to skate, and, and then there was, all, I also met Clint that same year. Me, Marvin, me, what's up, Clint? What's up, Clint? Yeah, <laughs> me, me and Clint Marvin met in uh, seventh grade as well. We had art class together with this other dude called John Lucchetti, who's also really awesome, still in touch with him. He lived in I California. I don't think I ever now, met him. Maybe. He was involved, he was involved in the hardcore scene, like, earlier, like the early 90s, um, late 80s even. You when know. I was still playing with Ninja Turtles and GI Joes, probably. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but st- yeah, and but stuck with it. You know, he was, he was good friends with like uh, the guys in reality, and was nice. around during like when they were real active and bands like that, Waterfront, and all those bands that were a little bit earlier than, than Clear and Lifeless and Trip Hammer and. Um, Way before my time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that Ty and Ty and uh, Dan. The original bass player and Trip Hammer both in the yeah. waterfront, and so they had been kind of carrying it through. But yeah, but yeah, John was John was around for a while, and probably the last time I saw him in person was actually the first Insight reunion show a few few years ago. Where was that at? They played at Urban Lounge. No shit, it was local. It was local, yeah. They. I was sitting home. They were being a bum. That was awesome because they hadn't <laughs> played in so long, and and they. Yeah, they did that reunion show, but they're playing with Judge. Did you see Judge's coming? I saw Judge's coming. Yeah. I might not have to miss that one. That's, dude, that's a, that's a can't-miss show right there. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, they're playing too. Inside's playing, and as well as uh, Tamerlane and nice. Crow Killer. And Tamerlane's a rad project. Yeah, they're good. So, yeah, they're that good. will definitely be a, that'll be a show not to miss. For sure. Yeah, it's cool. Those guys are kind of doing it again, you know. They kind of had a little break, but they kind of do these reunion shows here and there yep and that's cool we got to play with them clear played and when mick passed away we we did a couple of reunion shows in 2013 and i was at both of those oh yeah that was at awesome. the bar and then at the uh, all ages venue so rad, was it man. the next day or two days after uh, it was the next day it, it was like back day. to back one nice. one twenty one and over and then one all ages show and tamerlane tamerlane played one of those shows which is cool and got to hear them and and hadn't hadn't heard them or seen them, you know, before that. Yeah. So it was really cool. And and then Crow Killer, man, they're they're awesome. That's I haven't that's, heard them. Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah, you should check them out. They're Crow they're, Killer. They're All great. Right. Yeah, they just signed a um, Indecision Records, I think, and they're they're doing really good, man. They're and their records awesome and super positive and 
just you know dig the positivity yeah yeah pma yeah it's, yeah, it's blake, blake ford's band he sings for him. oh no shit yeah. what's up blake yeah what's up blake? <laughs> so that's he, awesome but yeah they're great um they're really great so that that judge show is going to be cool it's in february i think it's february 15th where's that going to be at what's 16th. the venue do you know yeah it's at the uh beehive social club nice which used to be bar x or no yeah, no, Bar Deluxe. Bar Deluxe. Yeah, yeah. Six 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 South State Street. <laughs> Lovely always, address. <laughs> always the coolest address for a music venue, right? Hell yeah. But man, thank you. I was I was gonna say thank you. You've always been like one of those dudes that was always like up front and center, singing along with at clear shows. <laughs> Embarrassing and, myself. <laughs> <laughs> and you know when we we did that one back in two thousand and seven for the slug thing slug magazine's yeah. anniversary i think it was their 18th i got the 19th. poster for that show in the hallway oh yeah so, uh, that's <laughs> awesome yeah i mean but i yeah. remember you were right there up in front and the ones we did in 2013 you were again right there up, up in i wouldn't front. i wouldn't miss them for the world i yeah. mean i'm 15 again when you guys play and <laughs> just hoping you'll play suffocate and lust off the say, old demo tape <laughs> I, I always say. harassed you guys for that and you put up with me <laughs> <laughs> you totally did and you know what usually when we do those songs it was because you harassed us to do it we wanted to make you, we wanted to make you happy you know we make sure that you got to maybe you got to hear those songs <laughs> sing my heart out and dance my ass off well, we need, and again embarrass myself probably but it was worth it we knew you'd be the only one singing along so we, did, we needed to get you a song that, <laughs> that you could sing to <laughs> No, well, but, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, but yeah, no, the, the, those were good times for sure. Yeah, but, I mean, those are awesome times. What are you doing now? I mean, working, riding motorcycles, lived in Chicago, Chai yeah. Town for a little bit. Did yeah, so just living life, man. Life is good. It's awesome. I'm working. I I uh, I'm back in Utah now. I moved back in in uh, April, May. Right. End of April, I guess. And uh, kind of took the. This took some time off to sort of regroup and figure out what I wanted to do, and uh, and uh, so I took a little time off and enjoyed the summer. Hung Good. out with my son and went to some, did some bike trips and hung out with friends and family and just kind of got settled back in in Salt Lake, which was awesome. Before that, I had lived in in Chicago. I lived out there for a year. And I, I love Chicago. Yeah, it's a good town, man. I, I well, really enjoyed it. I've been out there once. Uh, Summer and I went out there to see Court and Lacey when they were living out there. Oh, right on. So a long time ago. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that city's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it is. It was a good experience living there. And I, I have some really good, solid friends there, um, which is great. I worked in Chicago for about a year and a half. And I commuted for six months where I was kind of like there for like 10 days at a time. And then I'd come back for that. like three or four days. Um, that was when, you know, my son's, my rotation with my son. So I'd fly back and have the weekend with him and then I'd be back out in Chicago. <laughs> I was there for like... It had to be a total pain in the ass. It was a lot of travel. <laughs> yeah, that year and a half, it was a lot of travel. Because even when I was living in Chicago, I still came back to Salt Lake about every... I tried to get back about every four to six weeks. Nice. I'd, I'd come home for like ten days at a time and work from home and and have and have Ryder during that time, which was cool. Ryder's my son, but have him and um, but got got to be you know pretty exhausting doing all the travel and and then crazy trying you know just everything with work and and then being away from my my son you know was 
was tough. And yeah. when I, it was great that I was able to come back and have that time with him, but it was disruptive to his schedule and his routine and disruptive to mine. And it just, it, it just got to be uh, after a while, it just got to be like, okay, it's not working. I thought, you know, I wanted to give it Seems the opportunity. Like Sometimes you do until you're doing it. Yeah. And then yeah, it's got to be aware physically with traveling mentally coming back, not really having the foundation. Right. Yeah. I mean, you kind of, do but not it's in two separate places <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and I, and I and i kept my house here in salt lake but i had renters in it so i couldn't like go to my house couldn't go oh, home I, I, I couldn't go home so uh, at the time i was i was dating somebody and and we'd go to stay at her place and you know um she and i actually got engaged while i was yeah out there and um and then that fell through but but uh, but anyway, so it all worked out. For, <laughs> it all worked out as it was supposed to, and uh, I loved the experience of being there. Chicago is a great town. I I feel connected to it. You know, I went back in uh, September and over the uh, Labor Day weekend and just had a good time with nice. some buds there and went to a vintage motorcycle swap meet that's been going on oh, fuck yeah. every year for like 50 years or something these guys long like, running tradition man these guys it's yeah these guys it's in uh davenport iowa it's the Dav- it's the davenport vintage motorcycle swap meet it's it's not a joke man Damn. these dudes are like serious serious business these guys <laughs> just going through all these old motorcycle parts and it's was one of the coolest things you know these i mean the japanese chopper builders are like some of the most just the the that, bikes are just so that's details. interesting i think it would be like american chopper bikes well there's a lot of them but well, I'm there, sure, there's yeah. a lot of great ones you know but these these japanese guys you know i mean harleys are so sought after there and there's all these amazing japanese bike builders and they've got you know moon eyes over in japan and they do a big chopper and vintage bike show i'm gonna have to check it out i'm, there, I'm but, super naive but, i had a 73 750 cc triumph bonneville and let it go because the winters were just killing me. With a vintage bike like that, it wasn't wasn't the right place for it. So it has a home in California now. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I kept my M endorsement, and that's about that's where you're at. My motorcycle legacy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if it's something you want to you want to get back into, you know, it's all in. I'm all all in the, a little all in the time, uh, you know? Triumph Trophy bike a brother's got, and we we're close to working something out, but we'll see. Yeah. But I would just be a weekend warrior and cruising on the weekends and locally. I don't really see myself going on any long rides, but you never know. No pun intended or intended. You never know where that road's going to take you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and and don't restrict it. You know, just go where go where it feels right and, and enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. Right, that's <laughs> nice part of it. But yeah, so. But yeah, Davenport, man, it's pretty crazy. Like these guys, these Japanese bike builders, like hit all the big old swap meets, and dude, these guys dropped like probably a couple hundred thousand bucks on parts. Holy shit! Loaded them up into these shipping containers at this fucker and shipped Take them, them back. Home shipped them back. Feeling cool shit. It's pretty wild. Like yeah, it was pretty. What was it called again? It's called the Davenport Swap Meet. It's like, well, that's the Davenport Swap Meet, but how would we find these dudes from? Oh, on Instagram, Oversee. on Instagram, there's a bunch of them. One of my favorite, like, Japanese bike builders is, you can find them on Instagram, is uh, Luck MC. L-U-C-K-M-C? Yeah. Okay. Luck MC. At Luck MC. He's, uh, I'm repeating that more so for myself, so <laughs> when I check and sound later, I can pull it up and 
start following them. Yeah, he, 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 that guy, that guy builds some rad bikes, but there's a bunch of them. You just, you, know, you can nerd out on it forever. Nice. Like any, anything else, if you want to chase that rabbit. <laughs> but, uh. Down the rabbit hole, Alice. That's it. I'm, I'm typically, I'm game for, uh, a rabbit hole adventure. <laughs> right on. But, what are you riding right now? So I got a 2005, uh, Harley, uh, Twin Cam, nice. Dyna FXDL. It's a Dyna Lowrider. It's a uh, Dyna Chopper, really. It's a Twin Cam Chopper. I've modified it. It's it's um, yours. It's, it's yeah, got your it's, signature on it. Yeah, it, it does. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty um, probably memorable bike if you see it. You know, it's it's been fun. It's just a fun bike to to ride, and I just enjoy it. You know, nice and. Um, but, you know, you're always, like, in the back of your mind, always thinking, well, maybe I'll change this, or I'll do that, or I want to get in. You know, I, I still <laughs> I, I still want to build an old bike. I haven't I haven't found the, the right opportunity would yet. Would you do, like, a classic restore, or would you do an old bike and customize it kind of like a rat bike? Yeah, no, I want to do, like, a, I want to do, like, a, like, a 60s, like, early, like, early club 60s chopper so like just i mean just tough <laughs> fucking badass chopper on like a pan head or a generator shovel or something like that you know would is kind of what i want to want to build those bikes are just fucking tough man they have nice. just just yeah they're just cool man tall bars and you know <laughs> like just the springer front ends and tall sissy bars and just just fucking tough look good ride hard yeah, I mean, just cool, just cool bikes, man. I, you know, but, but uh, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it's like what, what I said earlier. You know, I think about hardcore or whatever. I think these things, bikes are kind of like that. They have a way of like finding their way into your life. You know. Yeah. And I think you know, and it takes the time and the money and, you know, to go and do it. And it's like anything else. It's, it's kind of an investment to get started. But then once it gets rolling, you know, it becomes you start amassing your parts or your collection or whatever you need to do what you want to do and, and then it's just it's like anything else it starts to come together a little bit easier but getting started is a little tough especially with old bikes you know it's yeah. they're expensive projects to get into a lot of times motors need to be rebuilt and you know you gotta send them off to be rebuilt and you know or <laughs> it's you know there's a lot there's of, a lot of patience and it. it's almost a craft in itself oh, I mean, yeah. especially if you're a gearhead or you know what I mean? And you're turning wrenches and working on your, your stuff like Brando. Yeah, yeah Brando. Yeah, I mean, Brando's in the garage quite a bit. What's up, Brando? <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, it's, you know, it's just, it's a good thing to, to just get in the garage and have something to, you know, take, get your mind into that's off work or off like yeah. other things you've got going on in your life. And this is kind of, that's kind of how the, finally doing this podcast is for me because I think I mentioned earlier you know idle hands are the devil's work and keep keeps me preoccupied and busy and in a sense it's a drive it's something that you're you're working towards and at the end when I publish it, it's got to be a similar feeling once it's on iTunes as it is once you piece together a bike and you're you hit the asphalt for the first time where it's just a sense of achievement yeah. which is cool with a lot of stuff yeah, so yeah, it's cool. I mean, I, it, it's totally like that, you know, and it's really cool that you're, that you've taken the time to put
put this podcast together and all the details behind the scenes it takes to do it and hopefully it slowly just improves each episode yeah and evolves and kind of grows into what we want to oh yeah um i asked you for a movie clip and we kind of went back and forth and i settled on your initial response your first reply gut gut reaction if you will yeah uh it's a scene from gangs in new york so i'll probably we'll take a break I'm drinking my beer a little bit faster than you, so I'm going to grab a refill. <laughs> um, we'll let everybody kind of have a listen, and we'll come back and maybe talk about SHOT Show coming up a little bit and go from there. Yeah, sounds good. To defeat my enemy, I extinguish his life and consume him as I consume these flames in honor of Priest Fallon. That's a wound. I want you all to meet the son of Priest Fallon. I took him under my wing and see how I'm repaid. Saves my life one day so he can kill me the next like a sneak thief instead of fighting like a man. A base defiler, unworthy of a noble name. Oh, Jesus. All right, so we're back. We let the dogs in. Dog-friendly podcast. Uh, welcome to the party, kiddo. So we did a clip from Martin Scorsese's Gangs of New York and uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, Leonardo DiCaprio. Again, I went with kind of your gut instinct your first reaction on movie clips you talked about some cool ones but why do you think you initially went to that one yeah i I just recently watched that that movie and and i just that i feel like that's kind of the that's kind of like the the peak of the the movie when it all kind of comes together you know that yeah who leonardo dicaprio is you know and what his relationship is to the butcher and and uh it's just such a great movie, you know. I I, I love Scorsese films. Um, as do I. Yeah, I mean, as do a lot of people, and for good reason. Right? Randy, <laughs> these movies are just awesome. Yeah, he's and a master of his craft for he, sure. He definitely is. <laughs> um, you know, but I had recently watched that movie, and it had been a long time since I'd seen it. You know, when I recently watched it, and so it was just cool. And that that particular scene is just. I don't know, it kind of just stuck with me, you know, because even though, I don't know, just that movie is wild. It's a powerful scene. Daniel Day-Lewis is the butcher. is uh, He's a very powerful character. That was the first movie I saw Leonardo DiCaprio in where he wasn't kind of the creepy kid from Basketball Diaries or whoever from Titanic. It kind of started paying attention to him. Yeah. And then The Departed... Wolf of Wall Street's one of my favorite movies that that guy's done. That's great. He, he, and The Beach, even. Yeah. I think it was a great movie. Maybe that was that was either right before Gangs of New York or right after, probably before, but... Yeah. It's a good movie, good choice. Yeah, it was good, you know, and I just think, you know, just the, the relationship between those two characters and, you know, the principles that they live by, you know, these opposing gangs. And codes. Their codes, and, yeah, and there's a respect there, you know, and 
again, we were talking earlier about kind of being cut from the same cloth and right. in hardcore, for example, there's always been a lot of turmoil. There's, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of like-minded people and we, you know, but people end up kind of sectioning off and there was always like this division, you know, and even just the whole like, yeah. And so sadly, the, so the gangs in New York thing is kind of a, not to, I guess, but the whole that movie, just the division between these people and what it's like the gangs are almost different crews right right yeah and it's well that's kind of what it's i think you know getting at and that's that's really you know from my understanding and that that's really kind of like what what really kind of sectioned out new york early on in history and and uh but man the but you know the butcher's conviction to his agenda and the (laughs) and the um and the amount of respect he brings to it, even for his enemies, you know, and the amount, the yeah. way that he kind of honors the priest. and He absolutely honors the priest. Yeah, it's pretty pretty amazing. And every every year, you know, this scene is every year they, you know, he toasts the guy. and On the anniversary of his death date. Yeah. Well, and then in his clubhouse or bar or wherever he hangs out, he's got the sketch of Priest Ballin on a mantle with candles around it. And when uh, Amsterdam and McGoyle, I think, is the Irish guy's name, who yeah. was a dead rabbit, but then after Priest Fallon falls, he joins the natives and Bill the Butcher. But uh, when, when that beautiful scene where Leonardo DiCaprio fish hooks him almost, and then Bill stops it, he, you see him walk over, and with a, a lot of respect, he picks up the sketch of Priest Fallon that got knocked off in the fight and brushes the dust off and puts it right back on the mantle in between candles and... You kind of have to, even though he, he is more or less a villain of the story, kind of love the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and excellently played, as you mentioned before, by Daniel Day-Lewis. But I remember I, I read some things about him as an actor. He's just this amazing character. Crazy actor. method actor, yeah. And he becomes like this. He becomes the character yeah. when he's making a film, and it ends up being really hard on his family and himself you know like he had to become that character like he had to be Bill the Butcher for however long it took him to make that yeah. movie well I remember in the interview movie. with Liam Neeson he would talk about Daniel Day-Lewis's method acting and they if it was wherever they were and there was a gym and he Liam Neeson would be in there working out in the morning getting kind of in character and then Daniel Day-Lewis would walk in and just say morning priest keep walking and then just like eyeball fuck him through the whole workout <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know and the interview somewhere but yeah that's and that's yeah. amazing i hadn't heard i hadn't heard that but i had heard you know just about the amount of pressure that his films would put on his family and how tough it was for his family to like get through those times and actually i think he <laughs> retired i think he i, don't, I think he retired from acting because he just got to the point where it was like He's got his last project coming up, and I can't remember oh, the name of it. Oh, okay. But then that's it, and he's done. And okay. I think the, only, the most recent film he's done was Abraham. Oh, okay. Or There Will Be Blood. Or the other way around. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, and There Will Be Blood was like quite a while ago. Yeah. Like well, his projects seem few and far between. But yeah. Anyway, it's a good movie. It's a good thing. You're going to SHOT Show? SHOT Show's coming up. I got a lot of followers and people I interact with on Instagram who are going to Shot Show. Oh right, <laughs> yeah, I'm going. Uh, I I have reason to go now with um, with the company that I work for, and I've never been before, so I'm looking forward to it. Nice, yeah. should be a good time. Yeah, it'll be a fun. lot of rad vendors. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited to go and see the 
see all the products and see the people and meet. I think meet, meet uh, John and Alex with Fenrir Recovery are going to be at the Vertex booth. Oh, okay. So nice. hopefully, if you see them, stop, introduce yourselves. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, those guys are awesome. They were on episode four. We're kind of thinking about heading down just for at least Saturday night and hanging out and hitting the strip. So go check it out. Yeah. Might be down there, but I don't know. Yeah. It's well, up in the air. But I'm sure you'll have a good time either way. Yeah. Hit, hit me up if you end up in town and maybe we can hook up. I'll, I'll be there for work. So we'll, are you going to be out be for pretty, the whole week? I'll be pretty tied up. I'm going down Tuesday till Thursday. So nice. three days. Yeah. That's about as long as I can stay in Vegas. <laughs> I can stay in Vegas for about two days max every three to five or eight years. Yeah, that's. I'm not a huge fan of Vegas. I appreciate the novelty of it while I'm there. Yeah, but I mean, two nights in Vegas is. I I am apparently old because it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, if any, maybe you're not old enough looking around at the people. <laughs> yeah, <that> right. <laughs> We're not talking Wendover though. We're talking or Mesquite. You know, it's Vegas. <laughs> true, true. But yeah, so it'll be good. Excited to check it out. I've heard a lot of rad things about that show, so it'll be be awesome. Yeah, it's a huge event, so that'll be rad. I like how uh, we let Kiddo in and she's hanging out, lying next to you and whining yeah, like the entire she's not, time. She's not getting enough attention. <laughs> Dog-friendly podcast. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, what's been up? What have you been up to? What are you doing when you're not working or riding bikes or hanging out with Ryder? Yeah, that's pretty much life, man. You know, like it's just day in and day out. It's the daily, daily grind, you know, just working and working and hanging out with friends and family and nice. riding bikes and... Um, yeah, that's about it. I'm, I'm kind of on this, uh, I'm kind of on this, uh, I made a commitment to myself this year to, to, uh, get in shape and <laughs> trying to, trying to jam through that. So Good I'm luck. spending a lot of time, <laughs> spending a lot of time, like, you know, food prepping and and doing my workouts and that's good. It's no, that's awesome. Good. And I say good luck based off of my own lack of motivation because you know what I mean I, I do a, a little bit of work here and there cat friendly podcast I've got a box of dead cereal hoodies there and she always wants to hang out on but I always want to do that and then honestly work in itself is a big workout because we do a lot of manual labor and mm-hmm. construction but so I use that as an excuse but I, I need to do something and eating more home cooked meals is good so meal prepping is very respectable <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's it's you know it's good man it's just it's just life every day and it's just the way you, it's your outlook on life and your outlook on how you want to on how you want to spend your time and and the food you want to eat and all of that and and uh you know i think a lot about that stuff that our food system is pretty fucked up for the most part it's starting it's to way fucked up um, but it's it's you're starting to see like glimmers of things getting a little bit better with it and stuff. But but um, well, yeah. I've got a lot of friends that that hunt, and a lot of people look down on it, but I don't think they realize that the majority of all I would say ninety nine, not a hundred percent of hunters that I know kill their food and harvest it, and that's meat and protein that feeds them and their family and friends for years. Mm-hmm. I've got a venison pod roast going right now that's from a friend who hunts and compared to mass produced hamburgers or chicken or you know, we were talking earlier about 
bees and harvesting your own honey compared to buying it from a store. And I think a lot of people are getting more to almost that aspect of where they want to produce those things themselves mm -hmm. and know where their food came from. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, we might not be vegetarian or vegan, but at the same time, you can be mindful and conscious and go with a, a more humane way. And yeah. so, yeah. And then working out again is respectable. Good, good on you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I've, I've never really, I've never really been into that stuff. You know, I've never really been into fitness and, and that sort of thing. I never really, I guess it was just never a thing that I worked into my life. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, it's not really a, it's kind of more just, you know, making a transformation into having that be part of day to day life as opposed to like this thing that's got to be done, you know? Um, that's really the journey, right? Is this yeah. not, not, not this thing that you like hate having to do, but, you know, really enjoying the process of going and, and, you know, getting your food, you know, if you're a hunter or whatever, or you're harvesting different things, you have your chickens, like you talked about, or whatever it is you do to, to get your food, but, you know, putting the food together, trying to shop for good quality, um, food that's going to be you know, good and healthy for your body and and then preparing it and putting love into the preparation and, and knowing that you're going to be eating that food and it's going to be benefiting from the time you put into right. actually eat healthy and conscience and yeah and then and then you know just the workout process of you know just having that be something that's part of part of day to day so that's kind of the journey that I'm on right now and I'm really loving that, and it's just, you know, just one day at a time, you know? I yeah. feel like it's life is kind of that way. Life's a journey. One foot in front of the other. And yeah. I, I'm more of the Joseph Campbell and me is going to come out, and life's more of the hero's journey. I'll go deep real quick, but uh, no, I dig, dig what you're saying, and it's huge to have that dedication to actually do those things, to meal prep, to work out, to make it a daily occurrence, and to be conscious of that. So, yeah, I took away all the dog toys before this, <laughs> and all the dogs keep finding the toys. <laughs> Pet friendly podcast. What is there anything you wanted to ask me? Anything you want to talk about in particular? I know we don't have too much time left, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, tell me about dead cereal and kind of what your, what your plans are for this and my long-term goals yeah <laughs> uh i don't really have any long-term goals I, I wanted to do a podcast for a long time uh a buddy and i were talking and kind of as a as a joke in a sense started tigers not kittens which super pro second amendment and into firearms and everyday carry uh and then he kind of stepped away and it was mine and that was more our thing as friends, and this is just more my thing and, and what I want to do. And I think for me, it's kind of a documentation of the awesome people I know and the shit that they're into that I'm probably into as well. Um, people I look up to and just sharing those experiences and those stories. And, you know, I did a micro episode with a speech from President John F. Kennedy. That was um, awesome. Thank you. I think it. You know, John from Fenrir Recovery said it was on point in episode four, and 
I agree with him. You know, I think it was really fitting for the time. And I said that on the, the intro or the outro. I can't remember. And there'll be more of those kind of micro episodes where it's just a speech or a lecture or a story or something that I really want to share with everybody. And then being able to reach out to artists and bands that I look up to and and ask them permission to use their material on my project and every single one, you know, Joey Briggs, Lenny Lashley, uh, the guys from Noise, Salt City Bandits. Obviously, I asked you about using Clear and some of my content months ago and, you know, just use it. Uh, but it's awesome. You know, so being able to share stuff I love and people I love and speeches I love and throwing it to the wall and seeing if it sticks and if people tune in that's awesome and if they don't then when I'm long gone and the, as long as the interweb's still ticking people can have an idea of who I was and what I was doing and and most importantly the things I was into and the people I love so yeah that's cool in a nutshell on the fly that's what I'm hoping dead cereal will be and kind of hoping it'll evolve and grow and do its own thing I don't really have any broad outline. I just want to get it up. Yeah. Every episode I can get up, I want to get out there. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I, I like the approach, and I like the format. And, uh, you know, I was telling you about that podcast, the D- Danger Dan's podcast. Danger Dan's podcast, which I still need to check out, and I will. It's cool, man. It's I mean, he, it's similar format, you know. It's just fun to listen to. He brings in, you know, interesting people, and they basically just shoot the shit. Nice. And talk about whatever comes up and you know generally it's it's you know his his stuff is focused more on bikes you know the the hand-built bike community and nice and he brings in people from that community but um some really cool conversations and and uh it's very similar kind of format to what you're doing and i I like i like that approach and how you you bring in people that you know that are part of your past and part of who you are part of your evolution and um you know i think that's one of the cool things about you you know you've always just been one of, just one of those dudes it's solid guy and like super down for your friends and and uh yeah know. it might be my weakness <laughs> in a sense but well, no, friends are the family you choose and and that's something that resonated with me from a young age and yeah whether it was circumstances with friends growing up but when you find the good ones you you try to hold on to them, and even if you don't see them all the time, like Julian Hensarling, I just was hitting up on Instagram the other day, and I don't really connect with that cat as much as I'd like to. Yeah. Well, what's up, Julian? What's up, Julian? <laughs> I actually, um, I, I was recently in contact with him, too. Nice. Hadn't been in quite a while, and I've heard on one of your podcasts... You mentioned two foot tally, and, yeah. I, and I and I thought about <laughs> old school that. short crew. <laughs> well, I thought I wonder if that context, is how how widely yeah. understood that context even is. You know, that was pretty slim to none. <laughs> <laughs> a handful of uh, Salt Lake City kids and a couple Park City kids. You know, but yeah. uh, well, it was cool to cool to hear you make reference to that. And I, I when you said it, I actually thought about Julian then too. And nice. But yeah, he and I had ran and randomly kind of recently been in in contact, which is cool. And but yeah, super. Good. Well, and that's what's rad. I think anytime any of us, the majority of us, anyways, there's some people that hold on to to old beefs that, in my opinion, they should just swallow and move along. Um, 
but I don't think we have enough time for that tonight, so we'll leave that alone. But the majority of us, whether we're seeing each other at a reunion show for a band that we loved, or we randomly hit each other up on Facebook, or see each other at a Real Salt Lake game, we always seem to pick up right where we left off. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? And that's, I think, speaks volumes to all of our characters to be able to do that and to value those relationships, and it's those relationships who, at least I feel, made us who we are. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Again, cut from the same cloth. I think that's sort of the theme of this uh, this conversation is really <laughs> I'll just hashtag it. <laughs> the way uh, the way the way life is. You know, we're pre we're kind of predisposed. You know, to to be to be connected to those people that we end up connecting with in our lives, and um, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. You know, nice, old man. friends can pick up right where they left off, and you know, that's that's the one of the good things about. <laughs> about life and yeah making those connections and those relationships over time is you know they 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 stick with you nice man do you have anybody you want to you want to shout out do you have anything uh you want to mention i mean we've had a we've had quite a few shout outs on this <laughs> podcast you know, uh, quite, talk, quite a bit I'm about a bunch of to count them. <laughs> <laughs> but i won't you would go back through yeah um but yeah, yeah, I mean, I, shout outs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even Ryder, you know, you talked about him a little while ago, but yeah, I give a shout out to my son Ryder, and maybe he'll listen to this at some point. But Nice. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of the cool idea is anybody can pick it up and listen to it, whether they want to or not. But, you know, again, for me, at least it's read that we've had an opportunity to sit down and catch up, and it's documented, it'll be on the interwebs, and, you know, God forbid something happen, somebody in the future way down the line can stumble upon it and be like, who are, who are these guys? What are they talking about? They won't and care. They probably won't. <laughs> Maybe they will. The majority of people tuning in probably don't care. But for me, it's cool, and I appreciate you coming out and hanging out and shooting the shit, dealing with the uh, pet-friendly podcast fails. But, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. I I'm stoked you asked me to be part of it. I think it's really cool what you're what you're doing. No, I appreciate it, and uh, hopefully have you on again soon. Yeah, maybe. something going on in the pipeline, or if you do a red tour and motorcycle and something else you want to talk about, and have you back and kind of go from there. But yeah, that'd be awesome. Anytime, man. I'd love to. Yeah, I think uh, I think we nailed it. I'm gonna take us out with a clear song. So depth of black. I listened to everything I have on my iTunes from stuff that was in my Case Logic CD book and uh, it took a lot of a lot of rehashing that material and no it was rad dude so awesome thank you for being a part of that and I'll thank everybody else in a minute but yeah yeah for sure no, thank you good thank time you. Sean yeah thank you man get a hearty handshake there <laughs> and uh, I'll have you back soon oh yeah and that's a wrap on episode 5 of the Dead Serial Podcast. It was good sitting down with Sean and catching up. Don't forget to follow Dustin and Black Magic Gumworks on Instagram as well as YouTube. You can also follow the companion Instagram account to this podcast at dead underscore serial. Do no harm. Take no shit. A few quick mentions. Jason Knott, Tyler Smith, Mick Morris, Jim Diekman, Dave Anderson, Julie Meadows, Josh Asher, Levi Lebo. Thanks for the tunes.
you know where I'm coming from.